This is a podcast version of our YouTube video. Make sure to subscribe to Oddspeedy on all platforms so you don't miss any content. Now on with the show. Hello guys, welcome to Oddson Serie A, fourth match day. We are going to analyze with Danny Fisichella. How are you, Danny? Ciao, Edo. Oh, very well. Well, you know, a mixed bag in European competition for Italian teams. A couple of defeats. Juventus won. Milan lost, but with honor in uh, Liverpool. But now we got a very interesting Serie A round. Milan-Juventus. Sorry, Juventus-Milan on Sunday. That's the biggest game. But this season already two teams have sacked the managers. So let's see how Cagliari and Verona do this weekend. And by the way, Juventus are not favorites anymore to win the title. The Scudetto Inter are favorites in the outright market right now. So, guys, leave a comment in the video. Ask any question to Danny about this uh, fourth match day. And of course, don't forget and click on the like, subscribe and click on the bell to get notifications. Let's start, Danny. Today, Friday, we have a game, Sassuolo. Torino, probably two teams that you will tell me, but I think they probably deserve more points than what they have. They are in the middle of the table. Sassuolo with four points, Torino with three, because Sassuolo, they lost to Roma 2-1, but deserve much more. Even that amazing goal scored by Escamaca in the last minute that was disallowed by an offside like four millimeters. Whereas Torino, after two defeats against Atalanta and Fiorentina, they had the first victory of the season against the poor Salernitana. Uh, Sassuolo, really favorites here, of course. Odds 2.0. Time for a home victory? Probably. Uh, they were impressive in Rome. Uh, they were playing against a team that was in top form, like Rome, but they stepped up to the challenge. And the congratulations to Dionisi, because he's really taken the team from where the Zerbi left. He hasn't changed it. His philosophy is very much keep the possession, uh, keep the ball, move it quicker, uh, play with a 4-2-3-1. And, you know, he's one of the most interesting midfield in Serie A. Uh, Fratesi, the young one, you will hear about a lot about him. I think he's going to be in Mancini's squad very soon. And Maxim Lopez, small players, very technical, technically gifted. Maybe they don't give you enough protection at the back, but then when the ball is at the feet, you can tell uh, Sassuolo is playing. They also benefited from Berardi uh, being back. You know, he was left, uh, you know, out of the squad because of transfer rumors. So, yeah, they really, really uh, stepped up and they had five or six clear-cut chances at the Olimpico. Uh, not an easy place uh, to go. Yes, they deserve at least a point, but I would say even three points would have been a fair uh, results uh, for them. However, with Sassuolo, and this is something that they carried on from the Zerbi, you, when you see them, you always feel they are a small mistake away from losing the game. In other words, their defense has always been uh, the issue. I have the feelings if they had the better centre-backs uh, rather than uh, Chirishes and whoever is in partnership with him, they could even challenge for a Champions League spot. But unfortunately, the, the firepower at the front is not matched by the quality at the back. However, credit to the manager for making them play so well. 
Good performance from Torino against Salernitana. They finally created a lot of chances. Uh, we saw some of the new signings already uh, in the, on the pitch. Zima playing a, a right back at a good game. Uh, Brecalo, Pryat. So, you know, this is a team that has been strengthened quite a lot in the last few uh, days of transfer market. And 4-0 against Salernitana without Belotti. So, you know, something to uh, be said about that. They will be without Belotti for this trip to Sassuolo. Also without Verdi, which is quite important, uh, creative players up front. And, you know, after six years, now they are ahead of Juventus. You know, something that doesn't happen very much in Torino. But credit to Juric, because now we can start seeing the change in Torino, that kind of high-press attacking football, what we have saw already in his Verona side. Juric has got quite a task in hand. He needs to transform a team that used to play on the counter, sitting back, apart from a small uh, parenthesis with Gianpaolo last year, who then got sacked, so it didn't work. He needs to transform this team into a more attacking team. However, for this trip tonight at the Mapei Stadium, the odds for Sassuolo, as we saw earlier, are good. 194, I, I, I saw 193 earlier, but, you know, very small difference. Yes, a solo, a solo win. The odds are going down, actually, for Sassuolo to win. When I checked them, was uh, 2.0. Right now, it's actually 1.91. So, Sassuolo, even more favorites when the kickoff is uh, getting closer. Then, Genoa-Fiorentina, tough trip for Fiorentina. Probably a good test to see how serious they are because they look uh, sharp in this start of the season. Great victory against Atalanta with Vlahovic scoring both goals from the penalty spot. And Genoa, they got the first victory of the season after coming back from a 2-0 to a 2-3 in Cagliari. Danny, they were also a bit unlucky in their defeat at home. It's never easy to win. In Marassi, what do you expect here? Genoa, uh, after the last day of the transfer market, as I said in my previous video, out of a sudden, they look stronger. They had, they had the quality, they had the experience. Maximovic, Caicedo, Fares scored two goals at the weekend in Cagliari. They were losing. He was brought in by Ballardini, changed the game 3-2 with two headers. See you later. Three points uh, to Genoa. But congratulations for to Ballardini because at halftime, he changed three players. He decided to play with three up front. Uh, Destro, the young Callon, behind them was Pandev. And all of a sudden, Genoa looked a different uh, proposition. You know, uh, it's uh, interesting to see uh, if this could continue also at home if they will play more on the front foot from the start. Because what has penalized Genoa is that they often had slow start to games. They were losing the first half of San Siro against Milan, uh, Inter Milan. They were losing the first half at home against Napoli. They were losing the first half at Cagliari. So they need to start games a bit quicker. And they play a Fiorentina that were really good on the counter-attack at uh, Bergamo against Atalanta. They won 2-1. Uh, Vlaovic scored two penalties. He's in great form. He's going to be hot properties next summer for sure. But again, credit to the manager, the transformation from Iacchini to Vincenzo Italiano. Italiano, who last year was a Spezia, get them to play football much, much more. It's just much more enjoyable to see. They press higher, they are more aggressive, they retain the ball. The two wing-backs are so high, they participate so much into the play. And all of a sudden, you know, in midfield, with players like Torreira, 
Bonaventura, Yo Castrovilli, and also, you know, Callejon can help. All of a sudden, they play, they create chances. Yes, they scored two penalties, but they went into Atalanta's box quite a lot. You know, even the centre-backs, Maximovic, um, no Maximovic, Milenkovic, oh, 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 my mistake, Maximovic, Milenkovic, Milenkovic, press is so high. It's so nice to see as well. Uh, did well at Roma, Fiorentina, in the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. Down to 10 men. They hold their own. They lost 3-1 in the end. This time, they're going to have Nico Gonzalez, the Argentinian, back from the first minute because he was obviously in the bench because of the European qualifiers. Uh, Genoa starts the game slowly. Fiorentina looked promising. Fiorentina to score first, 183. Fiorentina to score first. Uh, I'm also surprised that Blaovic uh, stayed one more season in, in Firenze, so they have to enjoy the Serbian striker. We go to San Siro, Inter Bologna. Someone was saying already in the video both teams to score in this Inter Bologna, both teams with uh, seven points. Inter, we know that they lost against Real Madrid in the Champions League, but they played a very good game. Perhaps Dani, like it happened against Sampdoria, probably they suffered a little bit in the physical strength. So at the end of the game, the team was a little bit down and good start, promising start for Bologna. Seven points. They were knocked out of the Coppa Italia in the first official game of the season. After that, they beat uh, Verona. They drew against Atalanta. So good results for Mihailovic, man. Yeah, it's a good team. Seven, seven points. I think more perhaps than what they expected. But let's start with Inter. Let's not forget this is a team that is in transition, is rebuilding. Yes, Inzaghi is using the same system as Conte, 3-5-2. They lost the two most important players, uh, Lukaku, Akimi, and of course the manager, uh, Conte. Uh, it's not a bad start uh, for Inter. Sometimes a little bit of lapses of concentrations at the back, especially the weekend against Sampdoria. They conceded two goals they could have avoided with a little bit more of focus. Uh, but, you know, after the midweek game, which was a positive one, although it was a defeat 1-0, Inter need to be careful not to be complacent and think, oh, it was almost a victory against uh, Real Madrid. You know, we almost beat them. No, no, no. We lost 1-0. You have to take credit for that, but also assess the mistakes you made. The second half, Inter uh, lowered the rhythm too much. They miss a lot of chances. In Champions League football, you pay for it, maybe a little bit less in Italy. And also... In the game against Sampdoria, in the game against El Madrid, the changes from the bench haven't really changed much. I know Inzaghi always like to change like for like. First the two wing-backs, then the centre midfielder, then the attacker. Uh, I don't want to repeat myself. You know, last year I was saying a lot, does Inter have a plan B with Conte? I know with the one the league, etc. But sometimes in European games you need a plan B. For this one... I'm expecting changes also because they're going to play again midweek. There is another round, another round of Serie A. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jeco is going to make space for uh, Correa. Uh, they look a little bit short in midfield because there's been another injury for Sensi. So uh, Inter uh, has to be cautious with this one. You know, it's not, it's gonna, not going to be straightforward. Also because they're going to face a, a Bologna side that this year look more threatening <coughs> going forward thanks to Arnautovic. And we already see his contribution in the victory against Verona the way he holds the ball, brings the other players into play, create spaces. But, you know, credit also to Bologna, who were a little bit leaky in the first couple of games of the season, including the Coppa Italia and a shocking defeat to newly promoted Serie B, Ternana. But now, 
they're looking a little bit more solid. They are looking to, uh, they are conceding obviously less goals against Verona. They didn't concede even a shot on target. Verona was be abysmal. We're going to talk about this a little bit later. Uh, but, you know, uh, maybe they lack, uh, because they're more cautious, they sacrifice a little bit of creativity up top. And Mihailovic, I don't think they're gonna go, it's going to go to uh, Milan playing in toe-to-toe -to -toe with Inter. They might risk to be cut open. I'm going to be cautious with this one. I know sometimes you don't like when I'm too cautious. Under three goals, 195. So if there are three goals in the game, you don't lose the stake. Two goals in the game, you win 1.95. Good odds, actually, for not seeing many goals in this game. Pavel is uh, flagging us the double chance for Bologna. Odds three points. Two years zero. ago, Bologna won Milan 2-1. We were in full lockdown. Strange situation. 2-1 last year, Inter won 3-1. So, you know, Pavel, stranger things have happened. Uh, probably a stranger if Salernitana are able to stop Atalanta, although Atalanta didn't start the season as we all expected. Only four points after that defeat against Fiorentina. The only victory this season was a lucky one against Torino in the very last minute of the game. They played also in Champions League, a draw in Villarreal. But Salernitana, Dani, they look one of the worst teams in the five top leagues, especially because they are conceding so many goals. 11 goals in the first uh, three games, that's a lot. Worst defense in Serie A, easily said, because uh, it's too many. Um, they were too cautious again, again against Torino. I think they could have taken the game on to Torino a little bit more. Yes, I know they play with a five. 3-5-2, which basically is a 5-3-2 because the wing-backs, you know, they're, they're not in the starting position is very low. But up front, you know, when you got Simi, when you got Bonazzoli, when you got Ribéry on the bench, I think you could try and play a little bit more. You know, they get caught by the high tempo of Torino. A couple of mistakes at the back, you know, out of a sudden the game was out of the reach. They troubled the Torino defense a little bit, but it was... Too late. Let's see if this is going to be a start for uh, Ribery in these home games. But uh, yeah, they desperately need at least a point to get uh, things moving. And they play an Atalanta team who comes on the back of a very good result at Madrigal against Villarreal. Great game, uh, very open. Uh, both teams went for it. That's why we like it. That's why these both teams are entertaining. And, you know, uh, they played the, against the worst defense in, in Serie A and Atalanta have been the best scoring team in Serie A for the last three seasons in a row. So you could expect a goal here. Yes, of course, Atalanta going to be a little bit fatigued after midweek, but this year they have strengthened the team. They have played, they bought uh, new players. Zappacosta is already playing, uh, Myers. They got Demiral at the back, is playing and not playing, but we'll see more of it. Issues perhaps up front still without Muriel he will be out until uh, mid-October but I'm starting seeing glimpses of good Atalanta against Villarreal whereas against Fiorentina uh, they were a little bit off-key um, the only issue with Atalanta is the defense it's always been the defense they always conceded far too many goals sometimes they overplay from the back and they give up uh, possession uh, let's see because it's very important for Atalanta not to lose points at this early stage of the season, usually they lose points between September and December, and that's where their chances of winning the title are compromised. So they need to stay in touch with the top teams, because I think this year Serie A is very open. 
and they can have a chance to go all the way. Uh, for this reason, I think Atalanta going to be extra motivated. Uh, they're going to score. Scoring both halves, 1.91. David is uh, supporting Salernitana, Forza Salerno. We are like uh, Costiera Malfitana. It's a huge gap, Danny. Now we are going to analyze all the three teams that were newly promoted to this Serie A. But I think there is a huge gap in the last years between Serie A and Serie B. The newly promoted teams are not doing great. We saw it last year with uh, Crotone and Benevento. And probably this season, Salernitana is struggling a lot. And let's see Empoli, for instance. Empoli-Sandoria, because I was a bit surprised after the victory in the Juventus Stadium. They lost at home against uh, Venezia, who weren't doing the right things in the Serie A. Lost their two home games. Empoli, and now they play a team like uh, Sandoria that they have not won a single game yet. Two points, uh, but they have a tough calendar. We have to say that they were able to draw against top teams like Inter and Sassuolo. This is a tough one, I guess, to call. The odds are pretty much the same for Empoli or for Sandoria to win. Difficult one to call, probably. Better to be cautious in terms of betting time. It could go all the way, either way. But let's start with Empoli. Uh, they deserve to lose against Venezia. I know they won at Turin and they were outstanding in the game. But against Venezia, they lacked ideas. They lacked almost interest. Willing of some players to get involved. They lost, they lost possession. A lot. They didn't create enough chances. Uh, I got it wrong. I expected them to beat Venezia, and in the end, it was uh, the other way around. Uh, the issue that the manager Andrea Zoli has pointed out after the game was slow circulation of the ball. I think Empoli is one of those teams that uh, they cannot just be passengers and you know stroll by in games. They need to be at the top of the game because, as you mentioned, the the golfing class between Serie A and Serie B. Quite wide. So if a team doesn't put 100%, like Empoli did against Juventus, they're going to be in trouble against more experienced teams. You know, the surprise that Venezia were able to take the three points away. Also because Empoli were surprised tactically by Venezia. Uh, Venezia tried to stretch them a lot, lot, lot of run behinds. Uh, perhaps Empoli were set up with the line too high. They changed in the end. It was uh, too late. Um, maybe, maybe Andrea Zoli is going to go for a more cautious approach. I know he's been playing two strikers up front. Crutrone and Mancuso I wonder whether he's going to revert to only a, a one up top especially against a very experienced Sampdoria team who always put a good fight especially with Inter we must say last year they won, <laughs> this year 2-2 two, two. but you know both deserved they deserved the 2-2 two, two. I think is 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 a fair uh, result and you know they went toe-to-toe with Inter in the end they had more shots on target than Inter they completed more passes they had similar possession but big question mark is now with the change of manager from Ranieri to Daversa are they going to be brave also playing away? Because that will let them down a lot last season. When they were going away, how of a sudden they were playing only with one striker. Um, they weren't retaining the ball too much. They were a little bit timid. So let's see if they're going to be uh, brave. And um, maybe maybe the uh, defense can still be an issue. Only one clean sheet in the, in the last four official games of this season. As I said earlier, cautious. Be cautious with this one. Asian handicap zero. Empoli is 198. Sampdoria is 195. I'll let you pick what you decide, but you know, it's basically a double chance. I'm going to go for Empoli. Let's say Empoli 198, Asian handicap zero. 
Octai is going on the other side, actually. Welcome, Octai, for uh, Sampdoria, for the Blue Cerchiati. Tough one to call, and we mentioned before that Empoli lost the last game against Venezia. We have an important game, I'm sure, in the long run for staying in Serie A, Venezia, Spezia, because this season Spezia will struggle without the manager Italiano, as you said, Dani. They lost uh, against Udinese the last game, they were thrust in the away game against Lazio, and now they travel to Ferrara, because this game is going to be played in Ferrara, not in the beautiful stadium of uh, Venezia. And as we see here, Dani, another one that I guess is very tough to call, at least for the outright market. A six-pointer, of course, they start so early, although Spezia only got zero point. Uh, Venezia is unpredictable. I think this is a team that is going to be very entertaining to watch but very difficult to bet on it you can see the odds on the screen because uh, paolo zanetti will make a lot of changes to the formations week in and week out until he finds a structure so expect always three or four changes i mean if you're playing the fantasy league in italy it's a nightmare if you got a, a venezia player because you never know if they're gonna start or they're gonna be on the bench however against empoli as i said earlier good collective display uh, they knew how to suffer also they knew how to be tight at the back which is very important in Serie A. defenses still win you a lot of games that's not the premier league they conceded six so far, though. So, again, they never kept a clean sheet. Score two, Venezia, which were worth uh, three points. Uh, Spezia, uh, a bit unlucky, I would say, uh, against uh, Udinese uh, because they had a goal clear off the line uh, just before conceded. Uh, they created chances in the second half. I think... Uh, it was a step in the right direction, the game against Udinese for uh, Thiago Smotamen. I always wonder whether uh, Spezia has got the players to play the style of Thiago Motta, which is a lot of uh, retaining possessions, you know, a slow build-up, etc., whereas they were much more aggressive with Italiano. The problem with Spezia is that they need a goal scorer. Good news for them is that finally, maybe Italiano is thinking, mm, I got Nzola. No, I haven't been playing him re re recently, really. I don't know why he doesn't like him. Last year, he scored 13 goals. Basically, was the, the salvador of Spezia. This week, maybe he's going to be on the bench, but they do need Zola, I think. They need the target man up front. Uh, they play better with a 4-3-3 when uh, uh, Motta switched to that. But let's look. As I said, this is difficult to call. Uh, this, this is almost impossible to call. So I had a look at the stats for you last night. Spezia has already conceded six goals in the second half of this season. Venezia has already conceded five in the second half this season. So over 1.5 goals in the second half, 195. Mm -hmm. Rui Pedro is telling us Dronovet for Venezia, so Asian handicap. Yeah. Zero, and I was wrong, actually. They are going to play in the Pierluigi Penso, Penso. the Sant'Elena, because they just uh, refurbished it. It's the second uh, oldest stadium in Italy. I thought they were still going to play in Ferrara, but not if someone has not looked uh, yet the stadium. Take a look on Google because it's so nice to see the Penso Stadium in Venezia. They just have to be careful with the clearances because, you know, I mean, there the must be hundreds of balls in the water, but apart from that. 
Apart from that, uh, always be careful in Venezia. You can step on the canals. Yeah, then we go to the capital, to Rome, Lazio. Cagliari, very disappointing again, Lazio, in the Europa League game uh, against uh, Galatasaray. We did not expect a defeat there. Also, they are coming from that uh, defeat in San Siro. Sarri is still calm, but uh, two bad results in a row now. They are playing against Cagliari, as you said before. They sacked their manager, a classic of Serie A, Walter Mazzarri, is uh, taking charge. I'm wondering, Danny, what happened if after only three games they are sacking the coach? I mean, they have one point. It's not that uh, terrible, but something was not clicking again in Sardinia. So there is this change of manager. Lazio, of course, they won. They have to win, and they are so favorite for this game. Strange sacking the one of Leonardo Semplice, who was brought in last season to replace Di Francesco. He made almost a half a miracle to save them from the position they were in the team. Don't get me wrong, I think Cagliari should have never been that low last year because they have a good team. And this is a team that in the back in 2019, December 2019, they were fourth in the table. So they have got talent, they have got players and experience as well. What happened with Semplice is there were some disagreements with the president. Although the team has been strengthened, Semplice, uh, you know, complained. He never had the full squad available to train because of different reasons. So I think it's unfair that they sacked him. What do we actually expect? And also when you look at the replacement, I mean, you, you haven't, they haven't gone... They haven't gone for Julius Nagelsmann or, 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 or someone, you know, from the Dutch school. With all the due respect, we went, they went for Walter Mazzari, 60 years old, 462 uh, times manager in Serie A, very experienced, but he's from the conservative school, he's from the old school, you know. Uh, he's a master in saving small teams. I remember at the early 2000s, he saved uh, Regina, the newly promoted team from Reggio Calabria, three times, and actually once he saved them when they were starting with minus 11 points, still managed them to save. But I think Mazzari is going to keep the same uh, 3-5-2. He's going to try to steady the defense, was already conceded nine. He's going, to try, he's going to try basically to make them apply the same tactics, the same plan with Semplici with a little bit better and try to use his charisma to revitalize the environment. Mazzari also had a, an experience as a player in Cagliari, so maybe he's got that connection. But, you know, we're going back to when television was black and white, probably. Uh, Lazio, uh, intermittent in Istanbul disappointing, uh, punished by a mistake by the keeper, Strakosha, uh, but uh, I think Sarri wanted a reaction after uh, the defeat in Milan. That's why he didn't make a lot of turnover. He kept a lot of the starters playing in Istanbul. They didn't create many chances. And also, they didn't create chances against Milan last week when they were deservedly defeated. They suffered the high press. They suffered the intensity of the Milan team. It seems that... Uh, Sarri ball still not ingrained in the mind of the players. But, you know, once Sarri said that it takes a team three years to understand his tactics, well, he needs to be a little bit quicker because I don't think Lotito has got a lot of patience. So, uh, you know, 
Haider needs to adapt his style. It's difficult because he's quite an integralist. Or the players need to step up and understand what he wants. He wants them to press higher. He wants to use the space on the pitch a little bit better. Exchange quick passes. Remember, Lazio with Simone Inzaghi were set up more to counter-attack. So they need a little time. But I think every time there is a change in management, and I'm talking about Cagliari, there is a reaction. You know, I think there's going to be a reaction. I'm not going to say Cagliari going to win. First half, double chance. Check the odds. 255. Ancur looks very angry with uh, Lazio, actually. He's done with Lazio. Cagliari, double chance. But in the overall time, you said in the first time? First half, he's better. Ancur is better. Better off. First half, uh, Shuban is going for goals over 3.5 and yes. Tevin is telling us something very important. Come on, guys, and please press the thumbs up, of course. Press the like button. Yes. If you enjoy our videos, then let's go to the other team that they sacked their manager, Verona Roma. And you mentioned before the Francesco, he's getting quite uh, good money being sacked of Cagliari uh, last season. Verona this season, his career is going down and down after uh, bringing Roma to the semifinals of the Champions League. Now, Verona, Roma, talking about Roma, perfect start for Mourinho. They are on top of the table. Even in Europe, they were able to thrust on Thursday, CSK, Sofia. What a goal scored by even El Sharawi is scoring goals. And a beautiful goal against Sassuolo in the last minutes of the game to get the three points. Um, Verona, Dani, we said it, zero points. They are at the bottom with Salerno. They lost against Bologna, Inter and Sassuolo. Now, a football player that we saw with Juventus, Tudor, is taking charge. Okay, if Verona had stayed with Di Francesco, they would have gone down. So, in this, re in this regard, it's a good choice to sack him. I think the bad choice is either to hire Di Francesco at the beginning and give, not giving him the players that he need to play the football he wants, possession football, attacking football. It was basically Juric's team, which is very physical, uh, very direct, without the best players. They sold the keeper, they sold Lovato, Di Marco is back at Inter, uh, they sold uh, Zaccagni. I mean, poor Di, poor Di Francesco, what does he have to do? However, I'm a bit hungry with Di Francesco. Why taking on, taking on this job if you can't deliver, if you know you haven't got the, the players to deliver? Why do you need that? You can't just accept any object that passes through. Okay, I'll get that. Yeah, I'll get that job. Get sacked and move on. I mean, the, the shocking statistic about Di Francesco, you know when it was the last time he won? November in Serie A. I'm sure he's won some friendlies. November... 2020, last Serie A one for Di Francesco. And this, yes, he's a manager who took Roma to a semi-final. But I watched Verona against uh, Bologna. I wanted to scream at the, at the TV. They were completely toothless against Bologna. They, they couldn't produce a shot on target against a defense, the Bologna. It's not, it's not the greatest, you know, it's, it's a bit leaky. Now they got Tudor. Uh, new manager, uh, but you know, he's got fairly good experience. Last year, he was uh, this assistant uh, at Pirlo, but he also is managing Croatia. He managed to save Udinese twice in a row in two seasons. What is he going to do? What is he going to change? Nothing. He's going to stick with 3 5 2. So, again, similar to Mazzari that I said before, he's going to basically try to steady the ship. He's got players that play direct football. 
they're very physical, they win a lot of aerial battles. Well, let's stick to that. So let's basically try to play the, the, the game that Juric was playing with different players, with less quality, let's be hard to beat. And then maybe, eventually, he will start changing things in a couple of weeks. Maybe he's going to play uh, with two strikers, uh, Kalinic and Simeone, maybe a number 10. In behind them, he's got Barak and Caprari. They also have lasagna. The problem with Verona, you know, you can name all the strikers, but these are people that have never been into double figures very recently. Maybe just Barak last season, but, you know, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. So they lack a goal scorer. Roma, um, as I said before, in Sassuolo, I'm not going to repeat myself, they didn't deserve to win, but, you know, this is a straight fight Roma. This is hardcore Roma. You know, they, they go for it. There's a lot of grinta, as we call in Italy, with Mourinho, of course, that is instilling that uh, passion and, you know, is run under the curva sud. Uh, I mean, all the antics. Okay, but uh, this is the color. The game against Sassuolo, they look a bit fragile on the counter-attack. They left them themselves exposed. And also, they didn't create as many chances as Sassuolo. I think what they should have tried to do is to get Abram more involved into the game. Sometimes they left him too isolated. They have Lorenzo Pellegrini is in fantastic form. Zaniolo, who I praised a lot and I spoke a lot about it in the previous weeks, is not yet clicking. He's coming back from two years of injuries, but he could be uh, the new weapon of uh, this uh, Roma. Five wins against uh, CSK Sofia. Very simple. They played pretty much with their flip-flops on. Uh, maybe a little bit of fatigue after the Conference League. And again, the reaction of Verona, the new manager. Someone says minus one on Roma. Uh, yes and no, under 2.5 goals, 223. Yeah, everyone agrees here uh, Roma to back Roma with Asian Handicap minus one, uh, Shubham or Ankur. <laughs> But you are more cautious. I think uh, everyone have to has to like the celebration of Mourinho with the curva suit. What a picture for the Giallo Rossi fans! I prefer, if, I prefer if they leave it for a Champions League final, but or in the... well, little by little, little by little, little by little. Uh, at least three games, three victories, exactly the same as Milan. They are playing in the Juventus Stadium in the game of the games of this uh, fourth match day. And after the European competitions, probably both arrive uh, with uh, more power to this game because despite the defeat for Milan in Anfield, I think they played a great game. They were able to bounce back after a bad first half and conceding the first goal at Anfield. They fought back, although they lost against one of the best teams in Europe, but they showed, Danny, that they can compete, whereas Juventus, they had to bounce back after this terrible start of the season. They scored three goals against Malmo in the first half. Uh, and my friend also, Morata, scored his, his goal. And what to say about Chesney also, I wanted to ask you about the terrible goalkeeping, how many points already Juventus lost because of Chesney in this start of Serie Even uh, despite what we are seeing so far in Serie Juve are so favourites for this game. There was a reaction in Sweden against Malmo after a bit of a shaky start. You can tell they still have confident issues, but then... Uh, the class of the players. It was so important to get the starters back. Let's not forget in Naples, they were missing six first-team players, including Dybala, uh, Quadrado, Bentancur. They all played in Malmo. We saw the difference. We saw them being uh, 
much more on the ball uh, this time. But yes, the, the start was a bit shaky. So I think Allegri needs it needs a lot of work to reinstill confidence in this team that perhaps has not been properly managed last season with the Pirlo. A lot of managerial changes as well. Um, they still don't have their own style, let's put it uh, that way. And uh, yes, the goalkeeper is an issue. Uh, they pay the mistakes of Chesney. He's still going to be the uh, number one uh, than Chesney. But, you know, guys, it's, it's easy to criticize it. We've never been goalkeepers, so well, we we need to be. I know, I know, but we need to we need to be we need to be uh, careful because uh, yes, I agree with you. Juventus could have gone for Donnarumma, maybe if you say that, or they could have gone for Musso of Atalanta. Different choices. Let's not start. You know where the finances Juventus are, but changing the keeper now when you got Perin hasn't played many games either. The fair keeper is Pinsolio. You know, he's always on the bench. He's basically almost a supporter who doesn't pay the ticket. So, you know, you just have to, you have, you have to be careful. But with Juve, um, let's see if they can impose the rhythm to the game. Uh, let's see if they can get a foothold in midfield with Locatelli, who's trying to grow in the role of a playmaker. I still don't think he's the playmaker Juventus needed. But... After Champions League is always tricky. You also depend who's got the deeper squad. And Juventus might have a deeper squad of Milan. However, they play a Milan team that, you know, when you say they did well at Liverpool, I do agree with you, but I also partially disagree because football is made of episodes. If Salah scores the second goal, the, the, the penalty in the, in the first half, I think Milan's are out of the game and they were outplayed for most part of the of the first half. They suffered the very high intensity and high rhythm. Then they come back into it. So we also have to look at the episodes. I think uh, the good things about Milan is that they got their own style now. They got their own identities. The player seems not to depend too much from Ibrahimovic, whereas a couple of years ago it was Ibra dependent. Now, Players have grown. Brian Diaz has stepped up massively. He's improved. Leao as well. Rebic. So, and also they found a, an excellent goalkeeper in Magnon. I think uh, he's a keeper that, especially between the sticks, it's outstanding and is very good with their feet as well. So, Milan have got a style. Juventus, maybe not yet. These are tough ones to call. As you can see, all the odds are very good, you know, even for a Juventus draw. But... Um, uh, Milan last year were the best team away, record points. They won at Turin 3-0. Asian handicap for Milan, 260. So if Milan wins, you win your stake. If they draw, you do not lose your stake. I like that bet. Pavel is going for a draw at halftime and full-time. This is 5.5. And David is back in Milan because the odds uh, 3.66 uh, sounds very, very good for him. And Shuban for both teams to score, for sure. There is uh, also Tevin, actually, for both teams to score. Very good odds for the best game we have in this match day. And we have to finish with the game we have in Friuli, Udinese-Napoli. Tough game.
this one for uh, Napoli, I wouldn't trust at all these odds 1.93 for Napoli. I think they are too low. Napoli played on Thursday a tough game in uh, the Europa League against Leicester City. Osimens scored two goals to give them a point. Uh, it's true that they have uh, nine points. They won absolutely everything, but in my opinion, they've been a little bit lucky in this start of the season. And Udinese, Dani, one of the positive surprises of this start of the season, I think no one in Udine expected uh, seven points. Uh, it's true that they beat Venezia or Spezia, teams that they should beat. But remember that in the first game, they were able to get a point from Juventus. Yes, and the, uh, let's start with Udinese. A touch lucky against Spezia, as we said before. Uh, maybe the draw would have been a fair result. Spezia had a few chances. Then Udinese scored in the very last minute with the Samarzic, the German that they brought in from Leipzig to become the new uh, Rodrigo de Paul. You know, good start for him. Let's see if he plays a little bit more. But I think Udinese, Udinese confirmed the impression that they're going to be compact, solid, uh, not easy uh, to score against, especially at Friuli. Last year, uh, let's not forget, they had a very good record at home at, up until March uh, time. They scored five at home already. Uh, so it is a team that slowly is finding the feet and they're playing with a little bit more freedom. Them also because they realize I don't think that this year they're going to be in trouble, so they need to try to push to the higher part of the uh, the table. Uh, whereas for Napoli, sometimes in this uh, start of the season under Spalletti, they play they pay the slow start. Uh, they started slowly against Juventus, consider a sloppy goal, same with Leicester, um, where they played a very strong team. Again, Spalletti, like Sarri, didn't do uh, much turnover. In the end, it paid off, because I think the Leicester team was a little bit under strength. Uh, so Napoli slowly imposed themselves a little bit more. Uh, they forced Leicester to play like an away team, but then considered the second goal on a counter-attack, so they left themselves exposed. Um, it's the lapses of concentration that they also had with Gattuso, that Spalletti is trying to uh, control. But the second half display was convincing. Two great goals from Ossiman. If, if there is a thing that this Napoli team can do, it score goals and score late goals. They score a few in the second half already of uh, this season. This is a game, again, going to be played on Monday, so Napoli is going to have a little bit of rest, but Udinese had more than a week to prepare for this game. They're going to be well up for it. Over 2.5 goals, 195. Goals in Monday Monday evening for you. Ancur is telling us that the French League is the best for betting. Well, luckily, we have also a show for League 1 with Alain Balnegri. Yeah, and yeah. He's giving us a lot of uh, green predictions. Then, Danny. We have everything for this uh, exciting, as always, Serie A, uh, the fourth match day. Let's do and let's uh, listen to your Aka. Okay, five games as always. Genova, Genoa and Fiorentina both to score. Atalanta to win the first half. Venezia and Spezia over 1.5 goals. Roma to take the lead at Verona. And Udinese and Napoli double chance 1-2. So either win for Udinese or Napoli. The odds... Not great, but better nothing. Nine, nine, nine ninety-one. Okay, you will have the ACA as always in the description if you wanna check it. Danny, that's all. Thank you very much for being uh, once again with us, and thanks everyone for commenting and following Serie A with us. Don't forget to still uh, comment your predictions, of course, and your tips in the comment section and. 
click on the like and uh, subscribe to our channel of course and click on the bell to get notifications we are back next week because we have a lot of football we have seria in the middle of the week so very soon we will talk again danny see you soon ciao enjoy ciao ciao